Well, my name is Art. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And, you know, I was just thinking about uh, Dan and Louise and, and their sharing, and they want to hear more preaching on giving. Well, okay. Uh, you know, Nike Corporation was looking for a slogan, and they were meeting in the boardroom, and all kinds of thoughts were drifting back and forth, and comments were being made until someone said, don't think about it, just do it. Is that good enough? Okay, don't think about it. I'm talking about giving now, okay? Come on. Don't. <laughs> just do it. Well, today is Palm Sunday. What a joyful experience we had with all our kids up here. Thank you so much to all of our Christian education faithful, faithful servants who, who, who lead our kids week after week. And uh, it, it is just such a joy. I think about uh, the Jesus joyful entry, triumphal entry sometimes it's called, into Jerusalem. And Mark recorded chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. Many spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road and waved them. And those who went before and, and those who followed uh, cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let's pray a moment, shall we? Father, as we look into your word this morning, we thank you for the precious word of God. Thank you for the truth that is laid out there before us, not only to read and enjoy, but to, to take to heart, to listen, to apply, to encourage one another, and we thank you for your precious word. Help us, Father, this morning as we study it, that we would just see the goodness of your beauty and your love shine through it today. May it encourage us. May it challenge us. May it encourage us to dive deeper and follow hard after you. And it's for Jesus' sake we pray these things. Amen. Jesus' heart burst with care as he approached the city of Jerusalem that day. Luke records that as he drew near, he saw the city and he wept over it. And you know, I believe with all my heart that the reason that Jesus was weeping because he knew that there were people there that did not fully recognize, did not fully receive, did not fully understand perhaps all of the blessings that knowing him as the Savior would afford. Exalting Christ to his rightful place and taking our rightful place at his feet is all about attitude. It's about an attitude of care. You know, sometimes we, we hear that word used in various different ways. Oh, I visited my, my dear mother in the care home, we might say. Or, or, you know, have you ever seen somebody that takes such good care of things? Another, another use for the word. I just don't care. Have you ever heard that? Sometimes the word is used in various different ways. And here's Jesus coming. He's coming to the city of Jerusalem. And his, his care was tremendously deep. His care was tremendously deep as he drew his disciples around him. And Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1 says that he saw the multitudes... 
And he went up on a mountain, and his disciples came to him, and he taught them. He taught them with great care, just, just oozing from his very spirit. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36 says, He saw the multitudes, and he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep that had no shepherd. Well, Pastor Scott has been leading us these last number of weeks in digging deep and mining the gold, as it were, out of the book of 2 Corinthians. And he's been talking about a purposeful walk with God through it all. You see, friends, this morning I believe that a purposeful walk with Christ makes life real. It's not something plastic or phony, but it's real. A purposeful walk with Christ makes forgiveness and and healing a reality. A purposeful walk with Christ brings triumph to life's circumstances. A purposeful life in Christ helps us to understand the treasure that is not in us as clay vessels, but rather in the indwelling beauty of a life with Him that affords. A purposeful life in Christ gives us a new approach to life, We become a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. A purposeful life in Christ drives us on to pursue holiness as we follow hard after God. A purposeful life in Christ helps us understand what it means to see the needs of others and respond with generosity to those needs. A purposeful life in Christ helps us see what blessing there is in living and and giving sacrificially. Yes, this is a period of time in our our preaching here from this this platform that we we want to speak about giving. We want to speak about uh, about financial things. We're excited about what lies ahead for us. We see the ministry of uh, of the the, uh, presence of Christ and the purpose of Christ and the plan of Christ as we move on in the lives of everybody in the church from the from the little ones on up. I was just chatting with a, a man this morning that they were visiting here from another church because they had a grandchild that was, that was uh, taking part this morning. We're talking about the, the, the things of God and the things of the church and, and so on. I, I was pleased to share with him just a little bit about us here. I don't know how many of you know that uh, here we are on any given Sunday morning that that, that we have a total of about 800 people, give or take, that, that meets in this building. What a joy. What a thrill that is. But you know what? Approximately one-third are kids age grade six and down. Now, that's, that's a demographic that you don't always see in a church, and, and what a joy it is. Well, we want to do our best to look after everybody. We want to do our best to care as a pastoral staff, we want to do our best to, to care for the needs that you have, to care for the needs that we can, we can help accomplish in our church and in our community. Well, Paul is commending the church of Macedonia for their generosity. He's writing to the Corinthians, but he's, he's commending the Macedonians for their generosity. And even in their own need, they gave generously to others, and their care was very specifically manifested in their generosity. They were not selfish. And Titus is mentioned there because he's one of Paul's sons in the faith, might we say. His faith stands out as a great example of showing love and 
responsibility and pastoral care. We take these examples very seriously from God's Word as we endeavor as a, as a pastoral team and as a volunteer team, we, we, we do our best to teach the importance of caring for one another here in the church family. Well, during Paul's first missionary journey, this young man, Titus, heard Paul preach about Jesus. He came there and he listened carefully. Titus was a Greek. He was not a Jew. He had not grown up worshiping the God of the Bible. But as he listened to Paul, Titus's heart responded to the message, and he believed in Jesus. He believed that Jesus Christ was his Savior, and he responded to that message, and it made such a huge difference in his life. You know, John records in in Jesus' words in chapter 6 and verse 44, unless the Spirit draw, no one can come. But you know, friends, this morning, I believe that you and I are the agents that Christ uses to bring people to himself. I believe that we are the messengers of hope that, that Christ gives uh, to, to the world today. Paul brought Titus to Jerusalem, and we find it recorded in Galatians chapter 2. He wanted to show the apostles, and he wanted to show other Jewish believers that a Greek, a non-Jew, could love God just as much as they did, because there were some that were a little bit skeptical. There were some that were kind of separatist, because there's us and them. It's the Jews and the Gentiles, and after all, the gospel is for the Jews, and those Gentiles are a, a separate bunch. No, no. I'm so glad that Jesus said in John chapter 3 and verse 16 that whosoever would believe, that includes all of us, includes everyone. Well, Titus represented other non-Jewish people who became Christians and were completely accepted by God through their faith in Jesus Christ, like us, like most of us here today. And friend, today I just want to encourage you, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, if you've never recognized your need for the Savior, never recognized the fact of your sinfulness, believing what Christ did when he died on the cross, giving himself as a sacrificial payment for our sins, I encourage you today, make today your birthday. Make today the day that you would choose to know Christ as your Savior. Well, Titus continued to travel with Paul on missionary journeys, and he helped in the work of sharing the gospel. And during the three years that Paul was in Ephesus teaching them about the amazing power of God, Titus was there. Then Paul sent him to Corinth to alleviate tension there. We read that in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and, and, and on, verses 6 and 13 and 14, and then to collect money for the poor. He was the agent. He was the, he was the person who looked after that. He was the treasurer in Paul's team, might we say, and he, he did such a good job because of the care that was in his heart. Paul thought of Titus not only as a very faithful friend, but he also thought very highly of him as his spiritual son because he had led Titus to Christ. After Paul was released from the Roman prison where he had been for two years, he and Titus traveled to the island of, of Crete, and Paul and Titus taught the people called Cretans about their need for God and the good news about Jesus and we find that recorded in chapter uh, 1 of Titus, verses 4 and 5. Paul is commissioning Titus to take care of the collections. He said, Titus, you're proving to be a responsible young man. I want to place within your hands the responsibility of caring for the finances. 
You see, Titus didn't care because of tr- tradition. It wasn't that this was what, was what his family did. It wasn't something that was traditional that, that they do that. It wasn't because of his church experience. It wasn't because of his parents or his forefathers. His care was not because he saw it an act of bringing himself closer to God. Oh, I'm going to be able to do this now, and as I take care of this money, it's going to draw me closer, and I'm going to have a, have a better standing in my relationship with Christ. No, that's not what Titus was all about. He did not care because he sought the favor and blessing of people. He cared because of his heart for God. Titus had a zealous care for the church because God had placed this care in his heart. I invite you to turn with me, if you brought your Bible this morning or your electronic device, I invite you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And uh, I want to read a little bit from from that passage for you this morning. I'm reading from a, a, a printout that I've made because I've got a little trouble with one of my eyes. I don't look so good. No, I mean, I don't see so good. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 8, uh, beginning at verse 16. Would you read with me, please? I'm reading from New King James. But thanks be to God who puts the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus. For he not only accepted the exhortation, but being more diligent, he went to you of his own accord. And we have sent with him the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. And not only that, but he, sorry, but who was also chosen by the churches to travel with us, this gift, which is administered by us to the glory of the Lord himself, and to show your ready mind, avoiding this that anyone should blame us in the lavish gift which is administered by us, providing honorable things not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Verse 22 says, And we have sent with them our brother, whom we have often proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent because of the great confidence that we have in you. If anyone inquires about Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker concerning you. Or if our brethren are inquired about, they are messengers of the church, the glory of Christ. Therefore, show to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 16 says, But thanks be to God who puts the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus. Isn't it really exciting to realize that it's God who places that earnest care into our hearts? We don't have some sort of a session, a teaching session, a a, a promotional event, some sort of a hype session where we take you aside and we, we pump care into your heart. No, that's not what we want to do. We want to live out a life that is, that is a caring life, yes. But we realize that the care that is within your heart, your heart does not come from us as leaders of the church, but it comes from God, our Heavenly Father. That care that is put into your heart comes from Him. Care for the church, the ministries of the church, the church family comes from God. Our salvation by faith, receiving the gift of God's grace, does so in such a way to settle our relationship with God in Christ. It is not an act of obedience to a legal system, 
but it is through God's grace. It's connecting and building a relationship with Christ on His terms. And these are terms that bring great joy and great blessing. These are terms that bring dedication and desire to grow in Him. Well, Titus knew such a relationship And that not only placed him in a position of faithful responsibility personally, a personal relationship with Christ that was a very responsible life, but it opened the doors of faithful responsibility and financial service among others. Friends, today I believe that there's many, many, many people here and there and across the country that are faithfully responsible in their relationship with Christ. I believe that there are people that have trusted Jesus Christ as a friend, former pastor here used to say, we need to know date and time and place and circumstance where we've come to faith in Christ. And if not, make it today. I believe there's many of us that recognize our faithfulness and our desire to walk honorably with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm not sure if we've realized the full responsibility of service. Sometimes we say, well, somebody will do it. You know, you've probably read the little thing somewhere sometimes about somebody ought to do it, anybody could do it, but nobody does it, and why didn't somebody? You know, you've probably read that little thing, haven't you? Sometimes we encounter circumstances where we talk about us and them. Well, what are they doing now? And, you know, we kind of separate ourselves away from the family. But as a family of God, I just so appreciate you. I so appreciate the fact that God is doing a good work in in our lives together as a body of believers here at Spruce Grove Alliance Church. But I'm so thankful that that comes from individuals who are following hard after God. Individuals that are desiring to understand His Word and understand what it means to walk faithfully what it means to walk faith, faithfully in, in relationships with one another, what it means to walk faithfully in service, and what it means to be faithful with our financial stewardship as well. It's not hard to give. It's not hard to be faithful with our finances when we have realized the fullness of Christ's love in our hearts and our relationship to Him. It doesn't become a burden. You know, friends, we can never outgive God We can never overdo what he's doing. We can never underdo. It's walking with him in the beauty of his care. Well, care and concern for the church must come from within our heart. And Titus had very quality feelings, feelings of warmth and tenderness for the church. And these were feelings founded and built within the depths of his spirit. And I think that you, many of you, perhaps all of you, know what I'm talking about, or I certainly hope you know what I'm talking about. When we, when we walk with Christ, the feelings that come from within our heart are spirit-driven, Holy Spirit-driven feelings and feelings of care and concern. Well, Titus's care and concern for the church rubbed off on others with whom he was able to share his zeal for the church. And when we hang around with people that have an excitement and a zeal for God and what he's doing. It's easy to share. It's easy to, to, to be relating. It's easy to realize God's goodness. Paul calls this grace in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6. It would do us well to realize that our financial contributions and the manner in which we and others handle them 
Indeed is a manner of grace and care. Grace and care as we take care of the financial things here in our church. Lou Holtz, coach of Notre Dame football, once said, I follow three rules. Do the right thing. Do the best you can. And always show people you care. And you know that manifested care comes through in how we relate to one another. That care is manifested in how we talk with one another, how we pray for one another, how we serve one another, and yes, how we give of our financial resources. So what is, what is it about this care business? What, 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 are we, what are we really thinking about? What are we really talking about? I believe this morning that a caring individual is a compassionate individual. I believe that a caring individual is one who isn't afraid to reach out and touch the life of another and say, friend, let me help you. Let me care. Let me, let me realize the, the goodness of Christ as we interact. And our compassion goes out to those around about us. Chuck Swindoll said, one of the worst things you can give to your people is someone you're not. I don't want to be phony. I don't want to be plastic. I don't want to be somebody that says one thing and lives another. I want to be the kind of a man that what you see is what you get. I want to be the kind of a man that's real. And I want to serve God in that way. And I want to encourage you as well that you would serve God in a reality way, a way that's, that, that's genuine, that's filled with compassion and care. A caring individual is a concerned individual. Being concerned, we find out what's going on. And I'm so appreciative of our future development team that are being available out there. They're, they're, they're being there to answer questions and listen. Listening is so important in being concerned. A caring individual exhibits an attitude of availability. You know, we want to be available to the cause of Christ. We want to be available to people. We want to be available to love people, to care for them and, and, and listen. And therefore, we can call ourselves a caring individual. A caring individual exhibits an attitude of accountability. Some people say, well, I don't want to get into that because that's, that's too tough a topic. I would rather just, just kind of live my own life and mind my own business and don't ask me to be accountable. You know what, friends, today, accountability is not grievous. Accountability is a joy because we can come alongside one another and we can nudge one another and there's such huge, huge blessing as we seek to be accountable not only to Christ but to one another. It's so huge. A caring individual has an attitude of resolve. Resolve means deciding firmly on a course of action. You know, I think of each one of you this morning. There was earlier on this morning, you rose from your bed. You may or may not have had breakfast and that's... uh, your choice, I suppose. But uh, you, you, you got in your vehicle or you walked here, whatever you did this morning. You had, a, you had a, a, a firm course of action. You made a decision and a firm course of action, and here you are. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so pleased that you made a choice to gather together with the people of God. If you're visiting with us this morning, thank you for coming. A very special welcome to you. And uh, we, we're so, so pleased that you've decided to come here but a caring individual has an attitude of resolve. We, 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 put, our, we put our energy to, to make it happen, whatever it is. 
I'm so thankful that there were people here back in the 70s that had a resolve to go ahead and build this building. Just a small group of people, they worked very hard, and it's almost like the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah and the people there finished the wall in 52 days, and the people that built this building built it within uh, less than a 12-month period. Wow, they had resolve. A caring individual has an attitude of respect. And you know, I'm so thankful this morning that as we look at, around at each other, we see much respect going on. We see much respect in the lives of individuals, but every so often we find an individual that says something or does something, preferably not in, in, in our context here, but maybe out in the world, that is not very respectful. A caring individual is an energetic individual, laying their laying their energy to the task and just going for it, just working diligently. And I so appreciate the energy that I see in our team here, our volunteers, and so, so many of you that are engaged in various different avenues and aspects of ministry. Your energy is such a blessing. Well, a caring individual is an effective individual. You see, an effective person is one who is successful in producing a desired or intended result. An effective person puts their energy together and makes it work, makes it happen. And I'm so proud of those that do that. And we can all do that. We can do that as a family. We can do that as a team. We can share. And a huge part of that, as we're talking now in, this, in these days, is about our financial circumstances. We look forward to the exciting days when we can see our children's ministry grow even more. We can see our church family grow even more. And you know what, friends? We don't say this so that we can put a report somewhere out there on a web page as to how many we are. That's not what it's about. We're celebrating the cause of Christ. Well, the Apostle Paul commended the young man Titus to the church because of the quality of character that he exhibited. Timothy and Titus, and others of these young men that Paul had the privilege of mentoring were solid, solid young men. And he goes on in his writings to mentor us as well. And I'm so thankful for the word of God. Andy Stanley, in a book called Fields of God, wrote, and I quote, God wants you to go home, look at your bucket of seed, and determine in your heart how much you'd like to sow. He wants you to consider thoughtfully your current circumstances, your life, your potential, and your finances. He wants you to involve your family. He wants you to pray about it, and then he wants you to come up with a plan. You know, my wife Betty and I love to garden, and this is the time of the year, and she's been the primary one that has, has, has got those little seeds out and the little, the little peat pellets and started to get them going, and she was telling me the other day that, that she planted, I believe it was celery. We love it. We grow it in our, in our greenhouse over the summer. But she said, Archie said, those seeds are so small. She said, they're like little specks of dust. How could anything grow out of a little speck like that? But there it goes. It goes into that soft, rich, fertile soil, and the moisture comes on it, and it bursts forth by the, by, by the, the, the power that God is, has placed within that little seed to germinate. And here they are. They're growing, and they're plants, and we've got to 
work on them and keep them watered and keep them nurtured and turn them because they reach toward the sun. What a beautiful example that is. What a beautiful example. So as Andy Stanley says, when you go home, friends, today, have a look in your bucket. What's in there? You say, oh, there's not much. It's just a couple little specks, just a couple little seeds in there. You know what? Go ahead and plant them. Go ahead and plant them and watch what God will do. Oh, yes, it takes a little bit of faithful nourishing and nurturing, but watch what God will do. You see, I believe it hinges on care. I believe it's care for God, it's care for others, and yes, care for yourself. That's important as well. I want to close this morning with a word from Apostle Paul from Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8. And here's what he says. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. Would you pray with me, please? Our Father in heaven, this morning as we've looked into your word, we thank you for the examples that your word gives to us. We thank you for the example of the young man Titus that came to faith in Jesus Christ through the faithfulness of Paul's ministry. I'm thankful for the many, many examples, as it were, a domino effect of one person touches the life of another and another and another, and the gospel is spread here, there, and across the world. I'm thankful, Heavenly Father, today that you placed upon us the mandate to go and preach the gospel, making disciples of of all nations, and you promised your blessing. So here we are, Father. We're part of of a church. We're part of a, a group that decides purposefully to meet here in this building. Father, we've got a, a purpose that is eternal. We've got a purpose that we want to reach out and touch the lives of individuals across our city and in our county of Parkland. We've got a purpose that is not, is not selfish. We're not seeking to build some kind of a personal kingdom but we're seeking to build the kingdom of God. And Father, you've placed upon us the responsibility of taking care of what we have and looking forward and growing and building. Father, I believe with all of my heart that we've got what it takes by your grace and by your energy and by your power to see many, many lives come to faith in Jesus Christ in the context of our church family. Thank you for those that meet in homes. Thank you for those that have life groups. Thank you that there are many, many Bible study groups that go on. There are activities. Thank you for our youth ministry and our children's ministry. Thank you for our adult ministries and our seniors. God, there's so many good things. We pray that you would just help us to be responsible to to give, to go, to bless And Lord, we thank you today that you are doing a good work in and through us. Thank you, Father, for all of our volunteers. Thank you for our music ministries. Thank you for our our, our many, many things that go on around here. And Lord, we ask that you would just help us to recognize your blessing.
Help us to excitedly receive what you have because we excitedly give. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.